0: This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan.
1: BYU Sports Nation is live once again, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying your Thursday, January 7th, wherever and however you're connected Wonderful to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who always appreciates a good thank you note, Jerem Jordan.
2: Yesterday, Zach Wilson penned on social media a really nice thank you note to uh, Kalani Sitake. And uh, a lot of it was really personal and heartfelt. and It was pretty awesome, man. And then uh, you combine that with the fact that uh, our Zach Wilson interview got out there and he talked about just fit off the top of his head, uh, 49ers. Kyle Shannon and Niners fans are like, ha, They loved it, so... uh Always happy to help uh, stir the pot with uh, Brother Wilson.
1: Absolutely. And for those saying, and I'm going to rewind a couple of years after BYU went seven and six. Hey, when's the Kalani Satake recruiting situation going to really show itself? When, when is it going to benefit BYU? Kalani Satake is, if you haven't read the Zach Wilson letter, a large reason why he is yeah. here and why this is happening. Oh, so if, for you, sure. if you want recruiting. Um, Swag, or if you want uh, to give him credit for something, just look to Zach Wilson, and yeah. it starts right there.
2: Again, I, I mentioned it a couple of days ago. BYU had to fire Ty Detmer to get Zach Wilson. That was the cost, and uh, the cost is high. Yeah, I was hoping it wouldn't take five years. Uh, we've seen it with a couple of guys, but this will certainly be the best haul, the best season, the best NF- and the best NFL draft uh, for sure that uh, Bury's had in a while and might have for a while. Uh, this was certainly special.
1: We give thanks for Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson gives thanks for Kalani Satake. We also give thanks for today's show lineup, which includes a live interview with BYU Athletic Director Tom Holmo. He reflects on an unforgettable 2020 athletics year and how it will shape the future of Cougar sports, scheduling philosophy notwithstanding. We remember BYU's first recognized football All-American, plus 49ers fans, as Jerry mentioned, going gaga for Zach Wilson. And, oh, yeah, it's game day for BYU basketball against the overwhelming Number one ranked team in America. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines.
2: It's a ball night as the Cougars play number one Gonzaga in Spokane. Zags 10-0 have scored 85 in every game this year. Last team to do that for the first through the first 10 games was Arkansas 94. They won the national championship. The last loss for Gonzaga, however, to Brigham Young mm-hmm. in February. Cougar pregame Live on BYU Radio starts at 7.30 Eastern with the game on ESPN as well.
1: That loss to BYU, also the last time Gonzaga scored under 80 points in a game, 91-78. Give it up for five Phil Steele All-Americans in some capacity. Jake Oldroyd, Dax Milne, and Brady Christensen named 2020 Phil Steele All-Americans while Tyler Algier and Zach Wilson received All-America honorable mentions. Christensen with his 11th All-American citation in the postseason as a second teamer by Phil Steele. Milne and Oldroyd were named to the third team.
2: After being announced as the new offensive line coach at Baylor with Jeff Grimes' staff, former O-line coach Ryan Pugh has been unhired. He was the offensive coordinator at Troy the last two seasons, including in the game against BYU and Provo this season. So we'll see if he gets to keep his job at Troy that he had or if he has to look for another job. And then I wonder if Eric Mateos is in the mix, potentially to replace the Ryan Pugh spot. So we'll keep an eye on that. And
1: we wish the best to Ryan uh, in a weird situation. BYU women's basketball looking to bounce back after a difficult loss at San Diego. The Cougars 6-2 and two play in Los Angeles at LMU, 5 Eastern time. BYU leads the overall series 19-2, including a 57-42 win the last time the Cougars and Lions met back in Provo. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending.
0: You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation.
1: Bring on number one in Spokane. BYU basketball has done it before. Gone to the Pacific Northwest against the number one ranked Gonzaga team and knocked off the Zags. But I think we all agree... This is not your typical Gonzaga team. Maybe the best ever. So we're stepping back and asking the following question. Jeremy. I'd like you to answer it first. Can BYU lose the game tonight and still win?
2: So winning would be climbing in the rankings and metrics. Right now, BYU is three out according to Lenardi, 51 in net. I haven't checked today. Did they change? Um... That if BYU can climb in those, and they will with net, just by playing the game, even if BYU loses by whatever, uh, BYU will climb in net. That's the good news. Can BYU climb in the other things? Now, I, I think if if we apply our familiarity principle here, so because it's Gonzaga, because it's the league team, because the team that BYU has beaten, uh, what five or six times since joining the WCC, right? That You dismiss them as number one. They're definitely beatable. They're relatable. Oh, we know those guys. Um, But if I told you that BYU played Alabama to a one-score game in football, you'd be impressed, right? The moral victory would be there. You'd go, oh, wow. You know who didn't? Like, everybody, (laughs) Uh, including Notre Dame, who's like the worst in big games ever. So I I think if BYU plays a single-digit game tonight with Gonzaga, then... BYU can probably walk away and go, okay. Because you know what happened last year without Yoli Childs? BYU got blown out uh, by 23. And Yoli made that big of a difference at home for sure. BYU is at full strength, uh, healthy enough, and uh, uh, ready to go. Um, So it wasn't like last second, like Coastal Carolina in football? BYU knew on Monday uh, that they were going to play this game, so they've had three days of prep. So here we go. Uh, Can BYU lose and still win? Yes. Uh, Losers talk about margin of victory and moral victory or whatever. But when you're playing number one on the road, um, BYU has a chance to improve its tournament resume tonight in many ways.
1: I'm with Mark Pope. I'm just amped that Gonzaga and BYU found a way to make this game happen. Because BYU needs this game on the resume, win or lose, for all of the reasons you just pointed out, to help every single metric that is out there. Ken and they were Pom, probably
2: going to get it anyways BPI later. team
1: rankings, and you were asking about net today. BYU dropped one spot. We just checked. They are 52 in the net rankings today. So
2: 52, 51, 52. That's the last three days. There
1: is a legitimate chance that, depending on what happens tonight, BYU could be somewhere around 45 or 46. In net by tomorrow.
2: Oh, if BYU's not, I'll be disappointed. I, I would almost hope they'd go up a little bit more than that.
1: You wonder how much the differential, if it is that, factors into BYU tonight. Obviously, if BYU wins and stuns the nation, it would be the shocker of all Gonzaga shockers. Well,
2: remember the Google Analytics thing. At least in year one, they said they're not going to count over a 10-point margin. So, the margin wouldn't really matter that much in this. In, Obvious, ne- in net.
1: Yeah, obviously... If you're a competitor, you go to play to win. You play to win the game. Sure. Of course. But we have to be realistic as media members. Yeah, the, about,
2: the team doesn't.
1: We, right, no, the team's going to show up expecting and preparing to win the game.
2: Yeah, and there's a certain dose of reality. It's not completely real here. <laughs> it's BYU TV.
1: Las Vegas has joined Ken Pomeroy in the curse of 17+. plus. Yeah. The line is hey. right at 17. A curse. If BYU covers... I feel like there is still a little bit of a moral victory in that they like lost it, by like twenty three last like year. It,
2: like if BYU loses by sixteen, you're like, yeah, hey, you know what? I, to me, it's singles or bust. Yeah.
1: singles or bust. So yeah. BYU loses by twelve, you're like, ah, oh, it was just terrible performance.
2: No, it doesn't have to be. Don't, don't go. That's bust.
1: what bust is.
2: Well, well no, That's what it feels like. Yeah, I, it's it's uh, bust doesn't have to be completely negative. Not everything has to be uh, black and white. There can be a lot of gray. And what I'm saying is you cross the threshold of, okay, I, I thought this team could do a little better. That's all I'm saying.
1: Okay. Yeah. What is a blowout
2: bust meaning
1: in college blow. basketball? What, what qualifies as a blowout?
2: Mm, I don't know. I don't have to think about it. Okay.
1: Gonzaga is literally in a stratosphere of their own right now. They're boat racing other top five teams in America. So yeah. I feel like if BYU covers in Spokane, there's, for me, there's a moral victory in that.
3: If you
2: bet on it, yeah. <laughs> There's an actual well, victory. Then there would
1: be an actual victory. Yeah, for me, it will, there will be a moral victory there. Uh, without Yuli Childs, you said BYU lost by 23 up there. They had Jake Toulson. They had TJ Haas. BYU's not going to have Gavin Baxter this year. but
2: He would have really helped in this game. <sighs> His oh, length. Like, he played in the game last year. and you, you look at the stats, you'd be like, really? He did. He had an impact. He had an impact. Uh, on. You know what's not in the box score? Like uh, contesting a shot or boxing out a guy where someone else gets the rebound. Like, that, that stuff will be missed. So Richard Harward needs to have a massive game. Matt much, Harms is not yeah. like a rebounding king. He's a, he's a, a contest-a-shot-block-a-shot guy on defense. Richard Harward needs to have a massive game. Caleb Lohner needs to have a, a really, really good game, like a 6-8 like a to eight rebound kind of game for him. Um, and he's averaging 6.5 leading the team, so let's go. This needs to be, a, obviously, Alex Barcelo. It's like kind of beyond that. This needs to be a Brandon Avery game, too. So it needs to be a Conor Harding game. It, now, now don't forget this. People always say this when you play, like, number one. I would get really tired of it. Oh, BYU has to play the perfect game. Nope. Like, you can't. People, do you realize when BYU beat Gonzaga when they were number one that BYU trailed 18-2? to two? You, Did you forget that? BYU was down 18-2 to two and still won that game. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just that BYU won. They came back. And Yoli Childs had rolled his ankle previous to that and wasn't 100% and didn't play a ton in that game. So, uh, you don't have to play perfect. You just have to play better than that team in that game. And tonight, that could happen for BYU. Will I be a little surprised? Yes, given the way Gonzaga's played and who they are. And a little? A win would be amazing. Um, a win would be amazing. But it's not needed or necessary. Like, I don't think BYU needs it to make the NCAA tournament. I hope later in the season we don't look at it and go, oh, gosh, they mm. need it. But it's going to help if BYU is competitive tonight.
1: The biggest tell... Will be in the next bracketology from Joe Lenardi. Yeah. Where BYU is currently three spots out. If BYU performs well in either a win whatever or a that, loss, whatever
2: that means, well, where it, will they show it up? It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. If they win, it, they could, yeah, whatever. Well, if they win. they... Can BYU lose and move up in Lenardi? It feels that's like that's the that biggest tell, I think. It feels like that'd be hard.
1: We'll find out. Yeah. So see, if BYU keeps it within single digits and they're three out, when a bunch of other really good ranked teams that are in the tournament have not kept it within single digits against Gonzaga, that has to mean something, but we'll see if it means something with Joe Lenardi. Yeah. Every other metric has BYU losing by seven. Team rankings, 17 rankings. 17-point loss. Vegas, 17-point loss. Yeah, 17. Ken Palm, 17-point loss. Line
2: opened at 19, by the way. So people thinking BYU can come okay. at 19, but now it's slid to 17.
1: How does BYU shock Gonzaga? Be the first team to hold the Zags under 80 points.
2: You're going to have to score 80. <laughs> it's, it's not like Gonzaga's a slouch defensively. What's the key like, to the game? Hold them to under 80. <laughs> score more than 80. Listen, but this team and Mark Pope love nothing more than no one believes in us. I know. We can't do it. Like, Bill Simmons talked about the no one believes in us factor in the NFL playoffs. Like, there's a strong no one believes in us factor here. Um, y- you, know, you know who you could believe in? Like, when BYU beat Gonzaga in February... BYU was a ranked team. It wasn't unbelievable, right? That BYU could do that um, tonight would be more unbelievable. The most un- th- this would not be the best win against Gonzaga, though. By the way, it was that it was that one, NIT one and done team that lost to uh, that beat number one Gonzaga when they were twenty nine and 0. Uh, because The Because gratifying, this team best by like most surprising is what I'm saying because that team. What like? How did th- an nit one and done team beat the number one team? They ruined that's the perfect incredible. season. They yeah. ruined
1: all of the Snapchat last filters. Year, they ruined the newspapers.
2: Yeah, in, in February it was oh my gosh, always ranked like this could happen. Let's go. Yeah.
1: Oh, man. See, for me, because of the overall experience, it was still last year. That that
2: to me is oh most- no, that was a better experience. I'm Epic. just saying. I that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying surprised. Like. Whoa, I did not expect that whatsoever. Really?
1: See, I thought you'd go with the shaved-your-head moment, the first one.
2: Yeah, that was. But that was, like, the team that beat, of the top five wins, Like that was, like, the worst BYU team to do it against one of the best. Because that's the only time BYU's beaten Gonzaga when they were number one. And it was an NIT one-and-done team. Like, what? When the dust settled, that was pretty scary. All
1: of them are great. The first one, yes, when you shaved your head, that win got BYU into the NCAA tournament.
2: So then I go... Oh, that's incredible. BYU was an NCAA tournament team. They were pretty good. Like, that's awesome. Because of that win. I'm talking surprise factor. Our
1: question of the day. What is an acceptable outcome for BYU basketball tonight at Gonzaga? Let's hear from you, BYUSN, in Voice of the Nation.
0: This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation.
1: At Ray Katzenbaugh answers on Twitter. I don't believe we are quite ready to beat Gonzaga this year. We meaning BYU. Of course, I want to win, but if BYU can stay within eight points, that will give me hope for the future game with Gonzaga. Within eight, again, they lost by 23 in Spokane last year and won by 13 in Provo. Granted, the Yoli Childs factor was a big part of swinging
2: it. A 36, 36 points.
1: 36 yeah. points, yes. So, man, eight points, uh, and, I think, I think and it's the a crowd. lot and
2: There's no crowd in the kennel tonight. What's that going to mean? How's that going to swing this I game? Think in BYU,
1: generally play? relishes the animosity of a crowd like that. So, <laughs> in a way, I feel like it hurts that there are no Gonzaga fans
2: there. Yeah. Okay. Coming up, what Tom Homa learned from the 2020 scheduling for future ones.
1: And is it currently the same as basketball sees cancellations increase? How do the scheduling philosophies go there?
0: BYU athletic director will join us next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. You're ready for BYU and
2: number one Gonzaga tonight starting at 730 Eastern on BYU Radio with Jason Shepard on Cougar Pre-Game Live. Let's go. Game night for BYU basketball. We
1: are live right now in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Spencer Linton. And Jeremy Jordan here. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is BYU Athletic Director Tom Holmo. Always a treat to have the one and only Tom Holmo with us on the show. Tom, uh, welcome back. In hindsight, let's start here. How would you define the 2020 BYU football season?
4: Oh, super, super fun. I, I say that. I know that game day to me is what it's all about. And we had a bunch of game days. And so I just think back on the season and the week of the game was kind of topsy-turvy usually, but on game day, just to be in Lavelle Edwards stadium or to be in the other stadiums where we got to play, I just really cherish those moments. And as I look back on that, it was fun. That's the word.
2: Take us back to June because this team starts practicing in in July and then August, obviously the, the schedule gets whittled down to as low as two games. What were you feeling then? And how did you make this season happen?
4: Well, it, it just was a lot of people that were trying to create something out of nothing when you don't really know how to do it. And so I, I, used, I get a lot of credit for this, and, and I understand how it was so unique, but there were certainly so many people and so many pieces to the puzzle to put it together. And I, I just look back at it, and there were just – I've said this before. There were some good days and some real bad days, but I think most of the days were pretty good. You just kind of chisel away at it. Every day, you try to take a few steps forward. Uh, You get knocked back a couple times. I learned a lot about some uh, people in the business that you can really trust and some people that you couldn't. (laughs) I look back and and I think it was a great experience personally for me. uh, I think everybody in the COVID uh, era has their own experiences. Mine are unique because they're mine. And I'm sure if you had uh, a 1,000... People on as um, uh, guests, they would have their own COVID experience. So I kind of treasure it because it's mine.
1: BYU knocks off UCF 49-23 in the Boca Raton Bowl to go 11-1. and uh, The Cougars, we think, are going to finish in the top 10 of the AP poll for just the fourth time in program history. But I have to ask, because it came up late in the season, how seriously was BYU considering playing multiple bowl games if that was even an option?
4: And I was supposed to tell you that, (laughs) Uh, you know, I I wasn't going to say anything right away. And during it, I I follow social media for our fans that are trying to get involved in BYU athletics and the football team. And there were a lot of questions about that. Uh, It did actually come up and I'll say that now we, we had, I'm not going to say opportunities, but there were conversations, but those conversations were um, taken off the table Rather quickly, not by us. And it was just deemed that it was a non starter by people um, in high places. So, yes, would say, that, no, 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 we're not doing this. And, and more, I think more, um, you know, just people in college football, we're not going to go down this road. We're not opening this can of worms. 2020 and the CFP and college football, the whole season, it's been. Uh, a crazy adventure we're not going to open pandora's box and have a second bowl game this year forget it and so did the chance come up you look it was just fun and i'm the only one that knows kind of that conversation <laughs> but uh i thought to myself for about five minutes you've got to be kidding me.
1: <laughs> understandable yeah
2: okay let's talk about the coastal carolina situation so obviously BYU, and, and you talked about it, and Kalani talked about it. You guys were hoping to get as many games as possible. Kalani kept saying 12 was the goal, right? Um, you ended up getting 12 with the bowl game, which was incredible. Um, were there other games? Obviously, Washington became uh, public and that whole thing. But were you trying to get other games, or were you waiting for the right one and Costa was the right one? And are you still like, yes, it was worth it to take that game?
4: I think all those uh, possible suggestions are accurate. We were waiting to find the best games, but we would also entertain other games. There came a point late in the season where we realized it really doesn't do us any good to play this game other than the fact that it's a game and our players wanted to play games, but there came a point when Kalani and I would just say to each other, look, we can't just do this for the entertainment value of wanting to play because as the season progressed, it became very apparent to us that our players were beginning to tire out in in a different way than in past years, maybe like you would see from other schools and other conferences across the country. It became a pretty big drain. And so Kalani and I had to be somewhat wise and kind of take that decision out of the players' hands. They would have played 15 games (laughs) if we would have let them, but it wasn't going to be in their best interest. And it is hard to get, the pulse of the, every member of the team, but we just felt it was probably the right thing to do to play the games we did. When Coastal came up, that was one of the games where we said this this could be good for us. We felt that would we get into the top, uh, in, into a New Year's Six at the time? We didn't know if it was happen or not, but it gave us a chance. And I think when we talked to the players about it and the players understood what was on the line, we get to play a, a, a ranked team, then that was one that was worthwhile.
2: So was there a point where you realized, and maybe it was after Tom, that, oh, even if BYU had won the game, it still didn't mean a New Year Six was going to happen, which was, I don't know for you, but it was, for us it was really disappointing. It was like, wait, what? Even if? Uh, because this committee didn't really appreciate, obviously, non-Power 5 teams this year.
4: Yeah, I tried to not let myself go there because it really is out of our control. I knew that if we played the game, then it had a chance to move the needle. If we didn't play the game, we would have to rely on whatever. That's out of our control if we didn't play the game. Now, people will say, well, you could have been undefeated. At that point in time, it just didn't seem that alluring. It seemed more alluring to try to get as high as we could and to go as far as we could and to play games that our players wanted to play. And so that's why we took that game.
1: BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo on BYU Sports Nation. When you look at what you pulled off with many other individuals helping you as well, as you pointed out, in 2020 in these last-minute schedulings, how will this impact your scheduling philosophy moving forward in the Independence era?
4: Well, not much because most of our games are scheduled out <laughs> to about 2030. So we won't really be able to affect the future schedule unless – there's changes in the schedule. Now, I I can't imagine that we would change anything in our schedule. (laughs) We haven't done that in the past. Um, There's always flexibility, but as you look and see our schedules, they're pretty locked down, and uh, there's been a little bit of movement. We actually had a little bit of movement uh, in the last week or so for a couple uh, down the road a few years, but that will continue, and you'll learn about it generally. If they, the other school, lease it, or if we get close to the season where we're going to release it.
2: Obviously, there's been a lot of dialogue around schedules, and I've been at the heart of one end of it and, and whatever. But did this season um, indicate anything to you as to how BYU is perceived with a schedule, with winning? Um, and obviously, like a little pro, more protein or power fives, right? a, a which wasn't in your control six canceled were needed to probably be in that new year's six conversation. But was there anything you learned in how this played out winning against all these teams, but the perception of non-power five teams in general?
4: You know, I think that, you know, your, your uh, opinion and mine on this, uh, would be different, Jerem. I think that, this was a a, such a unique year. I think it's an asterisk year. I say asterisk, not in a negative sense, just in an unusual sense. And I would think that if we played a similar schedule every year like this, I think one, we learned what the CFP thought Two, I think a lot of people would become tired of it. Uh, Three. I think we have the ability to continue to get better. And there will be times when we are not going to run the table like we did this year uh, with, a, with one blemish. But I think um, our, all along from the time we first started with the scheduling of independence, we, I think it's gotten a little bit too tough at times for sure. There's no question about that. But you, you either get those games or you don't. And if you don't take some, you're not going to get others. And so we're, 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 if I could go back to the very beginning of independence, then I might have a little bit more experience in scheduling, but we can't. <laughs> we did what we did and that's where it goes. So I would say, as I look at next year's schedule, it's tougher than this year's schedule for sure. But I think everybody realizes we're, we were better personnel-wise, coaching experience-wise, and we had a lesser schedule, and that was one of the. Th- those were the number of things that led to the season that we had. And next it was... year, next year will be a totally new, completely different experience. New leaders, new captains, new positions, new coaches. There'll be so many factors. New teams were playing, new fans in the stadium. All everything changes, and every year is a new year.
2: Yeah. A lot of that makes sense, absolutely. And this kind of plays into what I think outsiders of BYU don't get, which is BYU isn't playing for a New Year's Six game every year per se. There are other aims and missions. Yes, you want it, but it's ESPN and it's quality games and it's a fan base and it's boosters and it's tickets and everything else. So uh, I guess there's some happy medium somewhere, right, in a non-asterisk year uh, where you go. And, and what, are we, what are we hitting, 10 or 11 years in, in independence, right? Things evolve.
4: They yeah. certainly evolve. Yeah, yeah sure.
1: Tom, as we look at what Zach Wilson did specifically, and we're talking about an all-time season, you know it better than most, and you played with some all-time quarterbacks at BYU, where does what Zach Wilson did in 2020 rank to compared to some of the other incredible seasons that other legendary BYU quarterbacks have had?
4: I think it was right up there. I think it's uh, the schedule was probably similar to some of the um, – quarterbacks that are legendary Um, being in the WAC was maybe similar to a WAC schedule. Um, We, we didn't get a chance to play a lot of non-conference games. I think as I looked, there were some uh, Mark Wilson played uh, in the against Texas A&M Ty Detmer played against Miami. Um, Max played against Oklahoma. I, I can think of some off the top of my head, but his one season statistically was remarkable and it's right up there at the top. I mean, his, his statistics in comparison are right up there with the great ones. Now, it's, you, it's, it, you can't just do it on statistics because like I was there when Mark Wilson played and some people don't even know who Mark Wilson is. Let me remind you, <laughs> he's in the College Football Hall of Fame and when Mark accomplished what he did for the time, it was remarkable. Same with Giff Nielsen. Same with Gary Shidey, same with Virgil Carter. And, you know, unfortunately, people forget those because the stats aren't going to compare. But if you look at what Zach did, he'll be remembered for the stats, but also the magic. And that's one of the things about our quarterbacks that are um, in the, the lore of Cougar football is the ones that are remembered had magical years, and it's not just based on stats.
2: Yeah, Virgil Carter had a 599 total offense game in the 60s. I mean, just incredible stuff, right? Unbelievable. Yeah. um, Speaking of the 60s, did want to ask you this. Eldon Forti passed away yesterday, the Phantom. We're going to talk about him in a couple of minutes here. But uh, uh, he had a rushing record, the single game record of 272 for 54 years. First retired uh, number in BYU football history. What kind of legacy did Eldon Forti leave?
4: Well, I think the legacy that all remember is I knew him. I knew him as a friend. I knew him and Janice very well. When I was um, a player, I got to meet him. And then being the athletic director, I've had a chance to spend a lot of time with him and Janice and and sit down and have memories of their days. First and foremost for me is he was a gentleman. He was a great person. He's like you'd like to be the example of any BYU football player. Secondly, he's a legend. He's the first player to have his jersey retired at BYU. The, he has a nickname, The Phantom. And, and from people that were friends of his that played with him at the time, that saw him play, it's it's bigger than life. It's almost urban legend around him. And so with uh with Eldon's passing, it's a it's a passing of a big, big piece of BYU football and BYU athletics. And I just say the university because he was probably the first legend.
1: Well said from Tom Homo, the BYU athletic director. Oh, by the way, it's game day for BYU men's basketball against number one Gonzaga in Spokane. We were talking football this whole time. But the game of games tonight, and albeit on a few days' notice, just like the Coastal Carolina situation, Tom. So what do you expect from the BYU men tonight in a very unprecedented situation opening up West Coast Conference play against the Zags?
4: You know, I just love the fact that Coach Pope and Coach Few are, they get the spirit of the sport. And this is a game that they put together. I didn't have anything to do with it. These two coaches got together and said, hey, we're not going to miss a game down the road. We have two games scheduled with Gonzaga down the road, but we're not going to wait and see if it's going to be a good situation when that time comes. We both have an opening. Let's play now. And that's the spirit that you have to have to carve through COVID at this time. Obviously, we've missed three games, and we're going to make those up, but we're going to have to be super creative. And And right now in scheduling, I don't get any credit for the basketball scheduling. Uh, Coach Pope and his staff and Brian Santiago, they're working their tails off. It's almost like what football was, but in a really condensed uh, time period. So uh, I'm a little bit tired and fatigued from scheduling. (laughs) And now the boys get to do basketball, but we're in super good hands. And this is a good witness to see that this game came off tonight. I look at I've been, I was listening to the show a little bit earlier and this is nonsense talking about how many points would be a victory. Come <laughs> we on, we're not going down that road. We're going up there for one reason and one reason only. And I do respect the fact that this might be the best Gonzaga team ever. And I, when I say might, I might say it is the best Gonzaga team ever. Now they have to finish off the season, but don't you want to play that team? Yeah, I oh, ability Left, I'd want to be on that court up there tonight. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And, and as a former committee member, you know, this is going to help the net ranking no matter what, right?
4: <laughs> yeah, let's go. These are games where you dream about when you're a kid. I, like what, I just feel like when, when I go to the Marriott Center and you think about that game against Gonzaga last year, one of the things I do in a packed venue is I look around and I look for the little kids. I do it all the time. <laughs> and I just look at them and I look into their eyes and I see them dreaming. And what they're dreaming about is give me a chance to play in a game like this one day, and it's tonight. And that's what our players; their dreams are coming true tonight.
2: Now they'll stare into the cardboard eyes in the kennel, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> the dreams are oh, still don't, happening. Don't even
4: go there.
2: <laughs> oh, Tom,
1: the ultimate competitor. Uh, we commend you, to say the least, on what you've done for BYU football and the scheduling madness and navigating through uh, COVID. And not to mention the All In fundraiser, uh, which has just been so fun to watch and see BYU Sports Nation and Cougar Nation come together and, and raise funds for that. So, uh, yeah, let's let's get the update real quick. How is the All In fundraiser going?
4: It's it's amazing. Um, I can't wait to at, when we finish the campaign to be able to come in and express my gratitude. I can do it now, but that's a little bit a uh, you know a little cheat on that. But it's fantastic. We're throwing out these numbers every Monday. We're up to about 6,000 donors. Yeah. We're at about $11 million. And it's, we're going to go a little bit longer because the, the money is still coming in. The donations, the letters, the sentiments, the narrative, it's unreal. And it's just it's, it's overwhelming and humbling for me to be able to see how Cougar Nation is getting behind our players, our teams, and our coaches. It's, it's unbelievable.
1: Tom, we're all in with you, brother. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate the lengthy interview.
4: One more thing, boys. Coach Rose. Oh, absolutely. Prayers out. Prayers out. Yeah. He's, he's, he's had some good, um, positive things in the last uh, you know, few days, and he's fighting like crazy and doing a great job. And I just want to remind Cougar Nation, prayers out to the Roses. No question. That's beautiful.
1: Yeah, we send our love as well. Thank you for bringing that up, and uh, we've enjoyed the updates from Cheryl and the Rose family. He's, uh, he's a walking miracle in a lot of ways. Thanks so much, Tom. Go Cougs. You got it. Tom Homo, the athletic director on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. He,
2: he, he can't just throw up a rose like that and not feel something. Wow. Um, so, yeah, a lot to take in from that uh, interview. Man. Okay. Coming up, he's known for hitting a buzzer beater at Stanford. Now he's coaching up the Cougs. Nick Robinson, Steve Lewis, coming up.
1: Plus, is there another fan base that loves Zach Wilson more than BYU fans? No. <laughs> there's, there's one in the Bay Area that's uh,
0: getting close. St. Mary's? This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Saturday night, get your gymnastics on as we broadcast a quad meet from
2: West Valley, Utah at the Maverick Center between number 4 Utah, 17, BYU 23, Utah State, and, and uh, Southern Utah, and Utah State. Three ranked teams, let's go. Saturday, 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app.
1: The top of the mountain. He is Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton, and this is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whiparound, presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Bill
2: Steele included several Cougars on his All-American teams. Which player was most surprising among the two honorable mentions, Zach Wilson or Tyler Algier? Oh, no
1: question. It's Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's an honorable mention. We're talking about potentially the second quarterback drafted overall in the
2: 2021 NFL Draft. Who, who should he replace, then, among the top three? I don't know. Somebody. Mack w- Jones? Trevor Lawrence? If you Kyle put Zach Trask, Wilson Justin Fields?
1: in Mac Jones' shoes at Alabama with that talent, I think Zach Wilson has an even better season than Mac Jones. I think head-to-head, he is a more gifted, naturally, quarterback than Mac Jones. So, yeah, take Mac Jones yeah, out.
2: It feels weird to say <laughs> – it feels weird to uh, have Zach Wilson, Tyler, if year both Honorable Mention All-Americans. Tyler certainly deserves it. He had a great year. He was awesome. But, yeah, Zach at Honorable mentions weird. But, who where he replace? So, it, it probably suits him there.
1: All right. After our interview yesterday with the aforementioned Zach Wilson, and Zach specifically mentioning he'd feel like he'd be a good fit with the 49ers because he knows well what Kyle Shanahan does in San Francisco. We saw 49ers fans just go nuts about this, Jeremy.
2: Who so loves, I don't have the playoffs to talk about. Who loves
1: Zach Wilson more right now? BYU fans or 49ers fans? I would
2: hope it's BYU fans. Uh, Niners fans, yeah. Uh, if he's drafted by the Niners, perhaps they equal or pass at some point the love of BYU uh, Sports Nation for him. But uh, no, pretty excited. Niners fan love that, man. They ended up. And full context, we didn't say of all the teams who's. He just said off top of the head mm, the Niners. Yeah, I asked him which yeah. scheme
1: he fits best into, and he pointed out the 49ers, and that was like, whoa! Yeah,
2: and he said he hadn't watched a ton, so it's not like it's Niners are bust for him. But Niners are at 12. I don't see him falling that far. Um, I see him taking no later than eight. So uh, Niners, I think, would have to trade up if they wanted.
1: Todd McShay put Zach Wilson number four overall in yeah. his mock draft. Believing this. I
2: introduced this idea Monday. Hey, Falcons at Fall. Oh, I, I, yeah. I yeah,
1: we talked about yeah. this a month ago when I was thinking about behind Matt Ryan. Right. Amazing. Now that we know TV. the order,
2: we can establish where he actually might go. All right. Okay. is 17 point dock tonight at Gonzaga. Will the Cougars cover?
1: Yes. Yes. I'm feeling the mojo from Tom Homo. Absolutely. BYU will cover. Not willing to go on record and say BYU is going to win, but they will cover.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I hope so. If they don't, that's pretty disappointing. I, I think BYU is certainly good enough to cover. Let's go.
1: Back to football now. Troy Aikman, former Dallas Cowboys legend, said yesterday that Kellen Moore, former Boise State legend, now the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys, had originally accepted the Boise State job, then reconsidered after questioning the university's commitment to football. Jerem, things are not trending in the right direction for Boise State. Is this the end of the Broncos' football dominance?
2: Well, I guess what do we mean by that? Because they've still won 12, 10, 11, and 10 the previous four years before this one. So I I don't think this is the end of it. Um, are they the, still the same Boise State that's like going to have zero or one losses every year? No. But I still think they're one of the top three group of five programs. I don't think this is the end of that. We'd have to see, I don't know, a season where they like have a losing record.
1: As long as they have Hank Bachmeyer,
2: oh, they'll, the the yeah. they'll win well all the games, They'll win all the games.
1: By the way, I think Troy Aikman was the last legitimate UCLA football player that led UCLA to a notable season. The most overrated team in college. What about football our guy Ben Olson?
2: Coming up, Gonzaga prop picks. <laughs> Helping
1: my point. And we go deep blue with BYU assistant coach Nick Robinson, who found his own success with Stanford in the Pac-12. This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Look at our hard-working crew in... in, uh... In the control
2: room there on the latest BYU Sports Nation right now. Kiki Solano highlights the best of BYU athletics, players, coaches, teams, headbands—you know it. Watch it on the BOA Sports Nation social media platform. Bienvenido,
1: uh, BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. Nick Robinson, BYU basketball assistant coach, has had quite a journey, and that basketball journey has taken him from across the pond in England to Palo Alto to Provo and beyond. He is the feature of our Deep Blue segment presented by America First Credit Union. We're here to
5: help. Growing up around the game of basketball has really shaped who I am. It's competitive. It's exciting. It's fast-paced. I love basketball because uh, of the camaraderie, the teammates, of the team aspect. And I love uh, basketball because it's taken me around the world. It's taken me to tremendous places, uh, both as a player, as a teammate, as a coach. And I've been really, really fortunate to have that round ball in my life.
3: I grew up in a town close to Winchester, which is in Hampshire County. Nick's family lived in Romsey, which was a neighboring town.
5: My dad played professional basketball in Europe. Uh, So after being born here in Salt Lake City, we moved to Belgium and France and then lived in England uh, for about five years.
3: That's how we first got to meet each other, around the age of seven, eight. My husband got back from his mission in Brazil in August 2000. I think we secretly both knew there was something here. We didn't know what it was. We didn't want to communicate that. So when he got back from his mission, this sort of getting married thing and... that conversation even coming up was just it was all a whirlwind we just decided okay I think the only time we could logistically get married would be like in September right before I head out to Stanford and as bizarre as that sounds to many many people it was really the only thing that felt right and felt good and we said to each other is our feelings for each other going to change right in the next year probably not and so if we want to do this let's just Let's just do this.
5: You know, since that time, we've grown together in our marriage, and we've been very fortunate uh, to have four beautiful children. Uh-huh. 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 Come on,
0: uh-huh. you.
5: I've known uh, of him. You know, the last 20 years, when his time playing at Stanford, and him hitting uh, one of the biggest game-winning shots in Pac-10 history, his game winner uh, against University of Arizona. The ball flies loose. Uh, it comes into my hands, and I
3: take two dribble holes while looking at the clock, and let it go. There was just something about that environment that was breathtaking i mean the year itself was amazing i mean they'd had such a phenomenal year and then just to play this competitive game against arizona and to have that shot you know to win to win the game was was just amazing and i i think i thought i was probably going to go into labor (laughs) i would imagine i you know i was heavily pregnant
5: just talking about it still get goosebumps but there was it was a great feeling
3: When Nick was coaching at SUU, um, I think something took place, getting more enthusiastic than usual, using his voice more. And at one point, uh, his voice started breaking and started, you know, like feeling a little raspy. And we just noticed that something was uh, not quite right.
5: My voice at that point in time uh, was very, very limited. And so after the voice procedure a few months later, things got better. Had another vocal cord procedure, things got better.
3: But once we've realized, okay, this is this is the voice, it might be a little bit softer than than others, but I can hear him. I can hear him. I think most people can.
5: You know, there's some people out there that just, they like to talk a lot, right? And so you're not sure exactly what's being said or what the point is. With Coach Robinson, it's very deliberate and you know exactly what, uh, what the message is as soon as he's done talking. Guys,
4: at times have to be quiet. It's, there's something impactful about in important moments, using a little bit of a softer voice Guys, almost hear it more
0: clearly. Every interaction I've had with him has been 100% positive, positive. and he's pushing me in practice, and he's helping me learn. Like he, he really has been special to me. Before every practice, he tries to give every player on the team
5: a high five. I think it's his way of showing that he just he cares about the guys and that he's excited to
4: be uh, practicing and getting better with us. Every single day, every single minute he's on the court, every single minute in the office, he's got an intensity about him that, that spreads throughout the entire program.
1: Nick Robinson, our Deep Blue feature. Uh, and when they say every interaction is genuine,
2: yeah, he's awesome. we
1: feel that here every time you talk to him.
2: Yeah, and he's overcome uh, two voice procedures, right, different kind of voice. But you can hear him clearly. It's, it's fine. It's perhaps different than it was. But he was the head coach at Southern Utah. Was that Seattle in the WAC, Utah Valley would play against them. And uh, uh, Mark Pope said, hey, I need you on this staff. So it's been nothing but awesome with this staff, including Nick Robinson, who's fantastic. And, of yeah. course, he's known for that shot.
1: What an unbelievable staff, BYU basketball. Pretty
2: awesome. Right Pretty awesome. Okay, coming up today is Rise and Shoutout to one of the all-time Cougar football groups.
1: Plus our prop picks for the ultimate road test that BYU basketball can have in 2021. At number one, Gonzaga tonight, this is BYU Sports Nation.
0: Deep Blue on BYU Sports Nation is presented by America First Credit Union. We're here to help. BYU Sports Nation's Rising Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation is always available on demand via the BYU
2: TV and BYU radio apps. Download the pod, Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, subscribe, review, and rate.
1: Bring on our prop picks for BYU at Gonzaga, presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. Ben Bagley, join us, won't
0: you? Would love to. Let's start with this one. How many points will BYU score tonight at Gonzaga? And I've got you some windows here. Under 70, 71 to 75, 76 to 80, 81 to 85, or 80 plus?
1: I'm gonna go 76 to 80. I really feel like BYU has to go 80 plus to win the game, but I'm I'm gonna bank on 76 to
2: 80. I'm just a little under that. 71 to 75.
0: Number All two. Alright, right, here we go. Who will be the game's third highest score? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I'm going with Alex Barcelo.
0: Why? Because I don't know. I just feel like going with Alex Barcelo.
2: I go Kispert Barcelo, and then I have Drew Timmy with you third. All
0: right, for our last one, as always, prices right rules apply. Closest to without going over, what will be the largest lead tonight for BYU?
1: Ooh, the largest lead by BYU. Man, I'm having visions of being down 18-2 to two at Gonzaga. Uh, and then I'd say four, four points for BYU.
2: I'll go six, so just one more bucket. So I need it to be five or six, and you could have it as one, two, three, four. Okay.
1: Listen, if it's four or six-point BYU lead with like eight minutes to go, then we get into the weird zone, Then yeah. the pressure's on.
2: Hopefully it's in a tight game, yeah, late, which would be great. Yeah, that'd be awesome.
1: All right, those are our prop picks. The only game we have for the Wheel of Consequence this week, which we will spin
2: tomorrow. Yeah, because yeah, we don't think they're going to play another game tomorrow. We'll so spin that makes sense. the wheel tomorrow. And it would be after the window.
1: <laughs> I'm not writing anything off for a game potentially coming up on Saturday based on everything that's happened in the past year. But It doesn't feel like there will be one, but, you know, in our day
2: and age now, it's like, yeah. hey, you want to play? And yeah, let's do it. It's Saturday. They, no games last week, so just the one. Yep.
1: Our question of the day. Between BYU and Gonzaga, what is an acceptable Outcome Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resorts. At Tom
2: Homo winning. No, he didn't. This is nonsense. You guys are a bunch of losers. Yeah. At
1: East Coast (laughs) Cougads. I think you're underestimating the coaching factor. Mark Pope has a great record of carving masterpieces with a comparatively
2: dull knife. Oh, that's mean to the players. But yeah, no, I I know what you're saying. I'm just kidding.
1: Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. Again, the Pope factor is real, for sure. He has this way of, like, motivating. He's won at New Mexico State. He beat Gonzaga in Provo last year. He's won at San Diego State. Yeah. He's won at Houston. So... I I won't be shocked if BYU is close tonight just because of that exact thing, the Mark Pope factor. Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward.
2: Uh, Eldon Forti passed away at the age of 79. He was nicknamed the Phantom and was BYU's first first first-team All-American in 1962, first jersey, retired uh, that season. In one game, he ran for 272 yards against George Washington, a single-game record that was held for 54 years until Jamal Williams broke it in 2016. I tweeted a story his nephew, Ken, emailed us uh, this morning where he was sidelined with a broken collarbone, uh, but the Wyoming crowd in Laramie kept chanting, Phantom, Phantom Fan And he decided to go out for one play <laughs> and scored a touchdown! Amazing. In July 2009, we did about 25 interviews with Cougar sports legends. One of those was Eldon Forti. It was very fun to get to know him. We interacted a couple times over the years, and I'm told by his family that he was an avid watcher of BYU Sports Nation. So, uh, thoughts and prayers and a rise and shout-out to one of the greats, Eldon the Phantom Forti.
1: Yeah, we love the Forti family. Well put together, Jerem, and uh, great to honor uh, what Tom Homo called the uh, first football legend at BYU. Our thanks to today's guest, Tom Homo. Sorry to Dennis. For Jerem, i Spencer. Shout-out to Derek Dawes. See you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation to recap the showdown at Gonzaga. Go Cougs and go Forti family.